Woi woi, woi woi, woi woi. Then it then go on the radio again. Yo, if you wanna smoke free weed, go board yourself. You need to go plant a seed. Go board yourself, make your knowledge increase. Go board yourself, go board yourself. Hey, all right, welcome to episode number 36 of Grow Bud Yourself, brought to you by Excelsior Extracts, Sweet Leaf Nutrients, and Diamond Cut Co. Trimming Scissors. We have a great show for you guys today. Our guest is pot critic for LA Weekly, Jimmy Devine. And our cultivation segment, we've got 10 great gifts for beginner growers, or even a gift you can buy yourself with your new stimulus check, along with Grow Q&A and much more. So stick around for episode 36 of Grow Bud Yourself. All right, welcome back. And this is episode 36 of Grow Bud Yourself. Welcome, you guys. Welcome, Mike. Hey, Dan. How's it going? Great. Great. Uh, We took a week off uh, from shows, and here we are back again, and we've got a great show for you guys today. Yeah. You know, that was our first break since we we relaunched, or actually, I guess, since we launched. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. We've been weekly ever since, and uh, yeah, we took a... Uh, a week off and now here we are back again and we didn't know at the time when we took that that uh last week off we didn't know that that episode 35 would be our last of 2020 and so we didn't really get a chance to address the fact that the year was over but we thought maybe now you know the first show of 2021 we would take a little look back at the year that was yeah a little rundown of 2020 what a great Uh, year obviously you know a year unlike any other uh, we started the year both working at High Times, uh, but they had moved out to the West Coast and sort of the writing was on the wall there that uh, that wasn't going to be uh, a lasting thing. So uh, I think you were gone from there by January, myself by about April, and then we started up the podcast. Yeah, this very podcast that you're That's listening right. to right now. Grow Bud Yourself. And of course, and, like, like people know, or maybe don't know, but we, we've been podcasting together since 2011 because we used to do the Free Weed Show. That's right. High Times presents Free Weed from Danny Danko. And mm-hmm. that has since this year morphed into Grow Bud Yourself, <laughs> which is the show you're listening to now. So you probably know that. <laughs> um, but we also started working for a magazine called Northeast Leaf Magazine, uh, which is in affiliation with Leaf Nation. And, uh, it's great. It's a free magazine, and we've been uh, chugging away at that since September, and we are now on our January issue, working on February, so that's exciting, and uh, very fun being back in print media, especially cannabis print media, and locally as well. Um, so that's been that's been pretty amazing. Lots, a lot of other things happened this year, uh, but you know, cannabis has definitely been a balm uh, for my soul, and and just you know, keeping me in the game and, and, um, uh, helping me with sleep and with just, uh, you know, being able to cope with, uh, all the changes and different way of living that we've had to get used to, which hopefully will be over soon. Hmm. Uh, once the vaccines rolled out and everybody's got it and things seem to get back to normal. Been an interesting year for cannabis also. That's sort of what we had been up to for the year, but we should also just talk br- very briefly about, about cannabis um there were several states that did really well in 2020 uh you know during the election montana arizona new jersey south dakota and mississippi all passed uh, cannabis 
legalization laws and recreational legalization for New Jersey, Arizona, South Dakota, and Montana. So that's incredible. Yes. Amazing. Amazing progress being made in in those states. Yeah, and progress in that uh, cannabis was declared essential, and, and, and sales of cannabis actually spiked during the coronavirus lockdowns. Yeah, I mean, I guess we could have predicted that, but at the same time, um, you know, those are legal sales, which is amazing. I mean, otherwise those would have ended up being, you know, underground market sales, but instead, you know, so there's taxes going for roads and schools and things like that, hopefully. So, uh we're, we are emerging as an industry and a community and all of that. And, uh, you know, for all the L's that uh, we've taken as a society, uh, we got a few wins for cannabis, and that's a good thing. Yeah, and then more recently, the uh, the Moore Act was passed by the, the House, and it has a chance to pass the Senate now that the uh, runoff went to the Democrats' way in Georgia, so that's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, we got to keep their feet to the fire and make sure, you know, whatever people campaigned on, any promises that were made are, are backed up. Uh, and I think, again, it's not a partisan issue. I mean, obviously, dem it has more Democratic support, uh, but there are plenty of Republicans, Libertarians, Independents, even Socialists <laughs> that uh, support cannabis. So I think you know, again, we, we need to bridge the divide, at least when it comes to this one issue. Um, there's a lot of other issues where I'm not bridging any divides, but <laughs> cannabis can be one of the ones where we do. And so actually speaking of holding people's feet to the fire, uh, Dan and I thought it would be interesting to, uh, to do some resolutions, some things that we would like to see the cannabis industry do in 2021. So, so here are seven resolutions that we'd like to see for the cannabis industry this year. Yes. You know, and these are things that we should be um, fighting for. Uh, not physically, obviously. That's crazy. That would be insane to yeah. get physical about politics. Don't do but, <laughs> but uh, you know, these are things that we want to keep our politicians' feet to the fire on and make sure they happen. Um, and one is to figure out the banking situation. Uh, I know the MORE Act somewhat deals with that, but it's just really important. A lot of these companies are just not able to use banks. And until that's federally figured out and, and solved... Um, we end up with really weird situations where people aren't banking, checks can't be given out, you can't get paid I mean, PayPal we run accounts. into that issue ourselves. Yes, exactly. I mean, if you have any type of cannabis-based company, you don't even have to be touching the plant. Uh, if it's a cannabis company, you, don't, you can't do banking, and that's crazy. So that's one of the things we really want to fight for. Um, second on the list, these aren't in any particular order, but second on the list... Um, is social equity. It's important that the communities that were, you know, adversely affected by the war on drugs, the war on cannabis, get a foothold and, and uh, are allowed to participate. And not only that, but encouraged to participate financially and otherwise in the legal industry. So social equity is so important. And I think these new states that we're talking about, like New York, uh, New Jersey, Connecticut, here on on our where we are, uh, they really have the opportunity to lead the way when it comes to things like that and take uh, what they learned from places like Oakland or Denver and apply them, you know, the stuff that worked and uh, reject the stuff that didn't. Yeah, and there's a, you know, there's a big uh, kind of battle going on in Massachusetts right now over um, a, a new social equity program 
that the uh, the commission came up with there, the Cannabis Control Commission, to uh, you know allow um, a social equity program for delivery services, and obviously the established dispensaries are upset about that. And there's a number of reasons I think why they are, but it's just it's sad to see that that we can't come up with a more seamless way to involve people that really should be involved in the industry. So that that needs to be addressed. Hundred uh, percent. Next on the list is social use. You know, obviously, uh, an issue uh, with COVID. But at the same time, we need our consumption clubs, uh, whether we be separated and not sharing our you know joints and pipes and things like that. But still, places where we can get together, events where we can get together, even if they're outdoors uh, and things like that. But social use is very important. Cannabis is such a social thing. And, you know, it's one of the ways we can all get together and figure out what we're, you know, what we agree upon, you know, which one of the things is cannabis and getting together, having uh, places where we can consume safely together is really important. And I think that's one of the things we need to continue to fight for. I remember you talking about uh, the impact that that smoking in a, a cannabis cafe in Amsterdam had on you and had on your um, outlook as far as cannabis is concerned. And it would be great if everyone could have that experience. Yeah. I mean, just, you know, ordering off a menu and being able to sit down and be treated like a customer instead of a criminal really it changed the way I viewed uh, what we were up to. Because, you know, there's always that little bit of shame or a little bit of, you know, where you need to kind of hide your consumption. And I think places where you, where you can let your freak flag fly and actually celebrate your consumption are really liberating and wonderful for the soul and for the body and for everything. So social use, really important. Um, fourth on our list of, uh, of desires <laughs> <laughs> um, is kind of like a farmer's market type situation. I love dispensaries. I love uh, the underground marketplace, but I want to be able to go to a farmer's market or you know, visit a farm and just purchase jars of cannabis that were grown, um, you know, sun-grown locally nearby, and by farmers that I trust and know. And I think it's a wonderful way to support your local farms. And I would love to see more farmers markets, cannabis farmers markets. We've seen a few here and there, uh, Oregon, uh, other places, maybe Maine, but we need more of that kind of situation where. Uh, farmers can just display their jars or their hash or whatever it is that they make at a booth and you just go around and purchase what you like. And I think a lot of these seshes are designed kind of around that idea, but I think it needs to be more out in the open and less underground. And um, so, you know, the the, the whole farmer's market co-op kind of uh, idea is a great alternative to all the other ways we can get cannabis. And I think it's a great one. Uh, and along those same lines, the fifth uh, resolution is to fight for home grow. I think it's really important that people be allowed to grow their own. That's how these farmers would be allowed to you know, create these, uh, these jars of cannabis is to be able to have home grow as part of the legal framework. And so it's important. And I think it's one of the things we need to fight for. Uh, again, you know, some places will give you two plants or six plants or five plants. And those restrictions are pretty lame. 
but at the same time, the restriction is on the number of plants and not on the size of the plants. So if you just veg the plants out for longer, you get bigger plants. And there's ways around those things. And ultimately, at the end of the day, if we if home grow is legal, the difference between growing, you know, your legal four plants or having six or eight or ten plants, no one hopefully no one's going to jail for exceeding their limit. And again, those limits eventually are are gone and gone with the wind because you know as we know once something's legal it's very difficult to then you know put the toothpaste back into the tube or you know, basically say oh well you have five plants so you're going to jail for 20 years but your neighbor with four plants is just fine i do have to say uh, those who subscribe to our newsletter we have a story in there uh, this past one about a vermont grower a paralyzed vermont grower who actually is facing felony charges for growing more than the legal limit up there in vermont of two mature and four immature plants so home grow is something that i think we we really need to figure out in 2021 indeed and i think hopefully there's no jury that's going to convict you know, a paralyzed guy. It's crazy. And hopefully district attorneys and, and prosecutors are not going to be charging anybody with those kind of things because it's silly and ridiculous. Um, sixth on the list, and to me the most important, is the release of pot prisoners. So any nonviolent cannabis, uh, what you want to call offender, what I call a political prisoner, needs to be immediately released from prison post-haste uh, not a fortnight longer should anyone spend any time in jail for uh, production of cannabis, sales of cannabis, uh, possession, and any cannabis-related offense that doesn't have violence attached to it should be immediately released. And all those criminal records for people should be expunged, meaning even if you're released, uh, the criminal record should be gotten rid of and any restrictions uh such as your ability to vote or and you know register for a weapon or any of those things should not uh have any sort of a factor uh so people should be able to vote uh possess legal firearms all of that we need wide-ranging expungement across the country and if you want to take it a step further do maybe what new york does and allow for a destruction of past pot records. Absolutely. I, I think people should be allowed to destroy the, their own records themselves. Yeah, <laughs> I say you just give those records over to people and let them have a big bonfire and, uh, you know, a healing cleansing ceremony of some kind uh, where they just get rid of that. And because and, it's such a burden on people. It's not just the fact that, oh, you know, you're a convicted felon or you're this or you're that. There's a lot of things you can't do. If you have those things on your record and, and mean, meanwhile, I mean, you're applying for a job, you have to disclose those things. It's crazy. So, uh, yeah, that's for sure. Get rid of that. Um, release the prisoners and, uh, expungements and the records need to just be wiped clean. And the final seventh and final resolution for the cannabis industry and for us as cannabis community and activists, uh, is more of a focus on sustainability, uh, cleaner cannabis, sun-grown cannabis, uh, less nutrients, less pesticides, less of all the things that weigh it down, PGRs and all of those things. Let's just, you know, see how clean we can be. Let's see if we can have a negative carbon footprint uh, with cannabis because ultimately 
you know, the more plants you plant, the more carbon you sequester into the ground. But the more you grow indoors under, you know, hot, uh, expensive and high electricity lighting with HVAC systems and all of that, you're really putting a serious tax on our uh, on our carbon footprint when, when you do that. So I think a focus on sustainability, a focus on sun-grown, greenhouse-grown cannabis, cleaner cannabis, um, uh, living soil, all the things we talk about when it comes to uh, basically just having uh, less of a, uh, an effect on the planet. And that way we can actually reverse uh, climate change sequester carbon in the soil and produce tons and tons of cleaner cannabis all those things are so important to us and these are ways that we can make improvements in the next year and hopefully in a year we can look back and say uh how many of these things did we accomplish and and hopefully we'll accomplish them all that's the plan absolutely yeah so those were uh, seven resolutions we'd like to see for the cannabis industry in 2021 and uh you know we'd love to hear what you guys think about uh your resolutions either for the cannabis industry or personally so you could email those to us over uh, info at growbudyourself.com so that was that but uh we we have a really great interview uh coming up here with uh, a friend of yours jimmy divine yes absolutely jimmy divine uh an old friend of mine he's a a, a fellow mass hole uh, from Massachusetts. He's been involved in cannabis reform since 2005. Uh, and now he is the cannabis columnist and critic for LA Weekly. So he writes uh, cover articles and all kinds of amazing cannabis coverage for LA Weekly. And you can find his writings in tons of other places. And he's a great kid. He's not a kid anymore. I think of him as a kid because I met him when he was a kid back uh back in college at Boston Freedom Rally, but... Uh, they're, they're all kids to us now. <laughs> exactly, exactly. He's a good egg, as we say, back in Boston. He's a good egg, and I'm real proud of him and everything he's accomplished. And uh, we had a great talk with him, so let's get right to it after these messages with LA Weekly cannabis critic Jimmy Devine. Hey, you guys, this episode is brought to you by Excelsior Extracts and their incredible THC-infused relief rub. Uh, and now this stuff really works. And uh, I know it works because it's made by our friend Outcast, and she needs very, very strong topicals. Uh, so the relief rub is the strongest topical I've ever tried. Check them out on Instagram at Excelsior Extracts, all one word. Uh, DM them for info on the relief rub if you're interested and uh, give them a follow. Uh, they're great people, and they grow great cannabis and make great products. So thank you to Excelsior Extracts. Now back to the show. All right, welcome back. And, and on this episode, we are privileged to have an old friend and uh, colleague in the cannabis space, uh, our buddy, Jimmy Devine. Jimmy, welcome to the show. What is up, Dan? It is so great to chat with you guys. Hyped. Uh, what a time, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, things are pretty crazy. Um, but interesting, I think, for cannabis especially, which, you know, oddly enough, isn't as much of a bipartisan issue as every other issue seems to be. 
it feels you know it's weird because it always feels like it is but the only thing we saw real pro like real hardcore progress i'm like don't get me wrong some of cannabis's biggest wins ever inside the capitol happened in the house in the last couple of years but like it feels like the biggest moment of progress of recent note was still the farm bill and uh it's so it's cool to see this situation now uh unfolding before us where it looks like that's just simply not going to be the case in the not too distant future so Pretty exciting times. Wow. Yes, indeed. <laughs> but let's take it back. Um, Jimmy is a, uh, a pot enthusiast, uh, columnist, and critic for LA Weekly, a, a, an actual cannabis critic, which is amazing, uh, in the mainstream press. Trying, man. <laughs> which is incredible. But let's take it back a little bit. Um, we'll get to that. But uh, let's, let's go back to uh, Massachusetts, where a young Jimmy... Uh, is getting his first interest in cannabis. And uh, yeah, tell us a little bit about, uh, you know, the early days. Sure. Uh, I was grew up on the North Shore of Boston uh, in Lynn. I was there in t- uh, and before I went to school in New Hampshire. So general suburban Boston, uh, like it was, you know, Lynn's pretty popping. It was kind of like the, the, the northern edge of like greater Boston. And then it got like, it was all small towns after that, you know, and, and then you had Salem and then it was all small towns and stuff. So, uh, it was, it was pretty popping. Uh, didn't really get into cannabis until I got to right till I got to high school, like my freshman year, uh, went pretty hard. <laughs> the next four, uh, was originally exposed to like the I general ideas around like people organizing around marijuana, uh, through mass can, but I didn't even know who, like, I knew what Hempfest was, but like, I didn't know. And I know, I knew what Hempfest was. I knew what normal was. I didn't understand there was any kind of affiliation between the two. Like, you know, just the general, the plan, you could see the planets, but like, didn't understand how they aligned. Uh, and so eventually, uh, 2005, I graduate from Lynn classical, uh, head up to New Hampshire to go to school for journalism at Franklin Pierce. And, uh, my, my first week there, I see, uh, John Perry, uh, this, who, uh, was one of like the, you know, big SSCP kids, uh, of the generation, like back then ended up on the board, ended up working for students for sensible drug policy for a bunch of years after he graduated. So I saw him, he was still a junior, uh, when I, when I got there. So I, I met him, I saw, I walked up to the table and he had all these bud picks out and I was like, Oh my God, is this a weed club? He's like, yeah, but we also work as, we also focus on getting kids their financial aid back too. I was like, Oh my God. So this, like, you tell me. <laughs> So there's a cover story too. So, <laughs> so I'm all in because I'm all like, first off, I'm like from Lynn, no mad people with drug convictions that I never, never like uh, thought crossed my mind about their access to financial aid or anything like that until like in that moment, I'm just like, what? There's a bunch of people that can't, you know, and then just seeing like what was, po- I didn't understand like the possibilities. Like I saw these cool bud picks on the table and I saw the dance save cards and I saw like the ASA literature and stuff like that. But I didn't understand like until like a few months later, like what would the snowball was really moving down the hill, you know, set now eight at that point, eight years removed from, you know, Prop 215 and all that jazz, you know. Right. And when you say Hempfest, you're talking about Boston Freedom. Yes. Yes. Not Seattle. Exactly. I'm so bad. (laughs) No worries. No worries. That's what it was. And and that was another thing. Like, I didn't even know what it was called. It was like, oh, go to the town, smoke for Hempfest. Like, that's what high school kids said. Yeah. So then after you graduate uh, college, you ended up in Berkeley? Yup. Yup. I, uh, so I did the SS, I did SSDP for four years, was on the board of SSDP, went out to, uh, in 09, 
I went out to the uh, Drug Policy Alliance Conference in Albuquerque. And I knew at that point, I had already done this. I did the summer before that in D.C. And I knew D.C. wasn't my vibe uh, as much as I wanted to legalize drugs. Uh, <laughs> and so uh, I, meet, I, get to Al- I get to Albuquerque and I meet the, uh, the VPG guys. And I'm like, yo, you know, Berkeley Patients Group at the time, like, you know, they were helping, actually helping the movement, uh, pioneers, you know, role, role models for other dispensaries to follow. If you're, they were trying to do it the real best way, like the best way you could in that moment, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I was like hyped to meet those guys in person. And like, they were like, they said, uh, Jim, like one of the guys that worked there at the time, was like, Jimmy, tell you what, he was from Albuquerque, but he was stuck working at the booth. He's like, Jimmy, I'll tell you what, you go to my favorite taco spot. You get me these tacos. I'll get you in the party tonight. <laughs> I was like, no problem. <laughs> How many do you need? <laughs> So I go get the tacos, uh, come back, get into the party. And then I met my boss, uh, who was like their main competitor that was about to open up down the street, but it was all love back then. It's like, well, I'll go to jail together. It's like, Oh, you got a permit too. Like, (laughs) (laughs) so Mm. I met, uh, I met Andre there and headed out to Berkeley two weeks later. I was like, all right, game on California. Here I come kind of spent a couple of years, wrapping my head around the industry. Uh, cause I did the, po- I got the policy stuff. Like I'd ner- I'd been nerding out on that for like four years. So it was cool to see, like the, get to take part in the, the hands on the most like super hands on in those last years of, uh, medical cannabis and how crazy prop Two Fifteen was and how much fun it was. And God, very thankful. I'm, I'm thankful. I got out here when I did and like kind of got to enjoy as much of, uh, that little, gray zone like that that you know that was probably the cocoon right so i'm not saying it's the butterfly yet but it's like it's it's shaking it's it's shaking its wings off for sure like so it was cool to see like that little transition and be a part of it and watch it and it was cool and uh just having a super outside perspective because it was all um it was so hard to get in the game back then and i just lucked i just lucked out like i just really believed and i uh and i think uh i had the four years of like activism and trying my best like for the plant like behind me and was able to get my foot in the door. But, uh, yeah, it was bang. And, you know, spent, uh, worked on a grow, uh, ended up, uh, for a bit too, but I've been at the, disp- I'm still at the dispensary. I work there like six days a week and I write in the afternoon. Um, and which dispensary is that CBCB in Berkeley cannabis buyers club of Berkeley. We opened right. up, we're one of the originals. Uh, we've been open since 97. Uh, my homeboy Jay is like probably the longest tenured bud tender in America. Um, it's great. Yeah, it's great. It's wild. This was chilling and thrilling, man. Bunch of fire and like, you know, the relationships to go with that amount of time, uh, as an institution. So it's super fun. Now, how did the writing come about? Because, uh, you know, you got a nice job in the industry, you're working at a dispensary, um, helping out with grows, doing your thing. Uh, and then, you know, you, you, you start writing about cannabis. Well, I was right. I had been writing, you know, like my first time published on cannabis was in like 2008. Like when I was, uh, Interned with the Drug Policy Alliance, like I got into the Boston Globe, I got in the Chronicle of Higher Education, uh, I got in the Hill, uh, right. when, like when op eds and, and yeah, yeah. on policy and things yeah, like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. So I did, uh, I did that. Then I took a few years off, like when, once I got here, and then uh, THC Staffing, like the original like cannabis staffing agency, uh, David David uh, Shalene Title, uh, former Massachusetts Commissioner, one of the best cannabis regulators in the country. 
she was the founder. It was before she took that gig. Her and Dan- her and Danielle Schumacher uh, founded that, and I was like the second placement of the company because like this uh, David Downs, you know, California bureau chief for Leafly. He was always he'd been on it for years. He's been covering weed for way longer than most, like in uh you know regular media sense, and um. So David was doing a story on t- staffing companies in the cannabis space and he hits up those guys and he's like, oh man, I need to find someone uh, to help me, help me out, like sell ads and stuff. And he, she was like, oh, you should just hit up Jimmy. And so I ended up working with David for, uh, for a bit. And uh, he told the people at SF gate, like, yo, I got this kid that's selling a podcast. I'm, I'm sure he could sell the shit out of this. Like, <laughs> so they gave me uh, they brought me on board. And uh, after like a year, with SF gate, like the dude who was, um, cause we were like a separate entity that worked on, we were the only Hearst media company that took cash. It was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> so after a year of being like the sales guy for that, uh, the guy who like had originally founded it was like, Hey Jimmy, you have a journalism degree. You want to help write some of this stuff under just under like, uh, you know, the SF gate headline, like, you know, the, and I was like, sure. And, uh, from there I ended up doing some bylines. Uh, David had a kid. So we took a week off. And so I, I covered for him for the week and then, uh, I covered, um, a bunch of prop 64 stuff and I met, uh, through all this, I, I met, uh, cannabis now too. And like ended up being with those guys for like four and a half years up to the pandemic and, uh, LA weekly kind of like fell in my lap. Like it was ridiculous. I re- I went, I went to see Sherbinsky speak and he was, um, you know, I, I was, uh, been a Sherbinsky fan for a while. He was one of the first, uh, mainstream like cultivators, that sat down and chatted with me. Like when I did the, when I did the Shabinsky sit down in 2017, he really hadn't like chatted much with people. And I, I worked really hard to try and get him and Jigga. Uh, I couldn't get Jigga. I got him. I was like, all right, I'm just going to do it. Like it ended up being like the first like big one I ever did. And uh, so, you know, I, I always kept up with what he was doing and blah, blah, blah. So he was doing a speech thing, go down there. Homie um, from LA is like, hey, this is Brian. He's the publisher of LA Weekly. And I was like, hey, and I'm like, you know, I'm high out of my mind. Uh, <laughs> you know, always great. You know, I made that proper first impression. And uh, he's like, hey, you should write for us. I'm like, sure. Like, you know, dream, you know, obviously, like in my <laughs> head, like I'm trying to play it cool. Like, sure. Like, yeah, whatever you need, dude. Um, and, but I'm like, yeah, ah, man, email me, of course. Uh, and uh, so they, I, I thought nothing of it. You know, I've heard a lot of, like after I started writing with the SF gate and getting those like mainstream kind of things, I had other things pop up over the years. People would be like, Oh, Jimmy, you want to do this? And I'm like, sure. And like, it would never work out. I never thought much of it. Like I'd be in a ball of tears if I did. Um, <laughs> so I was like, thought, so I, I thought nothing of it. And then I get an email like three months later, like Jimmy, we're ready to push forward on that cannabis coverage. I'm like, okay. And just like ever since, like, and I, I've uh, every story I've ever pitched them except for, like one crazy mushroom story that I probably shouldn't have pitched. Uh, they said yes. They said yes on. So I'm batting like ninety nine point like nine nine. It's great. I love it. It's such an amazing platform to share uh, information about cannabis, and it's really cool for these uh, California companies like to give them that kind of credit in like that kind of setting. You know, absolutely. And and some of those articles have become cover stories. Yeah, it's 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 wild. Like some like sometimes I know it, but uh, like the Freak Brothers one, they surprised me because um, we were trying to write that for Comic, get that all lined up for Comic Con. Obviously, Comic Con fell apart. Uh, so it, like it was, I had been working on this story for months. 
because uh, I, I heard they were doing the remake with like John Goodman and, and uh, Pete Davidson, Woody Harrelson. And uh, eventually, like how, how I, I found the PR company uh, that got me in touch with like the creators. And I ended up doing this banger, uh, uh, banger piece with Courtney Sheldon, who like went out to France to like get the permit, get the, get the deal done. Like, and it, it's just so crazy. Um, and that was like the, like, so surprise covers are even crazier. Sometimes it's like stressful, like, all right, Jimmy, this is, you know, don't, don't screw this one up. But like when it just pops up, it's just like, Oh, okay. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. Um, now what about uh divine's fine cannabis guide? What's I'm that trying, all about? Yo, I'm trying to do a real like boutique, uh, you know, what's really fire and available for the masses type of guide, um, do some stuff, uh, on my own, just like, just create the platform, uh, you know, and it was originally, I was originally planning to go hard on it last year. Unfortunately with the pandemic, I only made it, I made it out to like, I shouldn't even say how many farms I went to. (laughs) It was irresponsible, but, uh, it just, I, not as many as I had planned, but it was a fraction, it was a fraction of what I intended. Uh, so I just wasn't able to like kick it off the way I wanted to. And I'm just, you know, I figured just keep my foot on the gas pedal through the pandemic. Uh, I was original cause on 420, yo, I, <laughs> I had the, you know, the Coachella desert smoke off too, ready to go. I had, we had the cup crawl ready to, uh, we had the 420 cup crawl ready to go in San Francisco. It was gonna, we had like five clubs down burners was down. Uh, the, all my favorite spots in San Francisco were down, basically. Um, the connected, blah, blah, blah. So it was just all these people with crazy fire were, were going to throw like throw in their best heat on 420. We were going to find the best – we were going to drive around on a, on a two-double-decker bus and find the best weed in San Francisco. And I was hyped out of my mind. It was like they were selling – I don't – I didn't make the ticket price point, but like they were selling like, and, uh, so we were ready to go. And then obviously everything fell apart a month before. Um, mm-hmm. so, you know, that was kind of, you know, so I'm still doing like, you know, the guide's going to pop off. I want to do it. Like, it's basically supposed to be like weed zaggots. You know what I'm saying? Right. Exactly. So, that was like, that was, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I figured that way all my publishers would be like, Oh, okay. That's different. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, it's like weed zaggots. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, I, you know, it worked, it worked out for me at high times because I was writing the top 10 strains of the year for years. And uh, ultimately, you know, it was 60 or 70 that added up and they were like, let's put it into a book. And, you know, you're beyond well on your way to doing some type of uh, strain guide like that. That's definitive and really, um, you know, gets it down. And, you know, so what are the, some of the strains in the last year or so that you've, that have, you know, not just been hyped, but that you've been hyped on and, and really enjoyed. And, you know, I know fig farms is a favorite, but what about, uh, what are some of the, <laughs> what are some of the strains? Oh man, there's so many cuts out there. I'm so hyped on, uh, did you see the everything bagels I posted recently? No. Oh my God. Every, every, everything bag- bagels. Yes. Wow. What it's is the turf like straight, on that? Uh, it's peanut, peanut, peanut butter breath x garlic breath uh and it it smells like its name uh it's wow. one of those it's one of those ones <laughs> so garlicky oniony oh my god like the it's like the, like, the mac kind of or uh it's gmo i love like mac. gmo mac uh i feel like the best mac is like a slow s- slow and sweet dance like up your nostrils like it isn't a it isn't a jump always Mac isn't it doesn't always jump out the jar. 
but it's fire. Like once you go to it, like, oh, there's that fire Mac. But like this is everything bagels was like an assault on the <laughs> atmosphere around it. Like this is every <laughs> so more like a GMO. It was it leaned it leaned GMO. I feel like it had that GMO ness, but there was this different kind of like locker room funk, you know, that was <laughs> <Wow>. like <laughs> just like it was like Jeez. it was like table it was like bagels like dipped in locker room funk. Like it was oh well, that was one I- of the hits. When I first moved to New York, there was a guy named Professor Afghani. He had a strain car called Garlic Bud, and it really smelled like garlic. I mean, it's really, it really had that that terp profile, and uh, you know, it, it was it was very different. <laughs> you know, you couldn't call it like gassy or skunky. It was like an infection. <laughs> Dog, I smoked a baby Yoda like a month ago. It was. <laughs> I, felt, <laughs> I felt blessed. I was like, oh Grogu. wow. The Grogu. Oh my god, the Grogu cut. Yeah, they can't call. I, it's fun because like they were all like, "Yeah, we can't." They told me the story, like how excited. Uh, like, yeah, Wiz really wanted to call it Baby Yoda. But, you know, the business oh, yeah. guy had to no, be you, the business guy. You, you don't mess with Disney. <laughs> well, I was like, well, don't worry, guys, because I can call it whatever I want. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh, man. So, That's- so those the 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 everything bagel, the uh, the Baby Yoda. Grogu cut. Uh, anything else out there? Yeah, uh, the pink Jesus is something nobody's seen yet. That is a uh, cherry cheesecake ex Starfighter cross. God help us all. Um, it is so good. I love it. It's like it's cherry. Che- it's oh God. It's not that it has a gas. It's cherry. Che- it's very cherry cheesecakey, and it's not that it has a gas to it. I don't, like the, the the star the Starfighter adds this 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 different kind of like twist just to that the cheesecake has a very sweet profile you know what i mean and there's this extra it makes it more of like a sour tropical thing uh than the standard version and then i have a bunch of heaters the jokers jet fuel gelato x white runts i saw five except they did a 12 i went to uh, look at the compound genetics they did a uh, big propagation they did recently they did like 1200 seeds they had 84 winners that they were going to test again so I, I stopped by to check out the all the winners um the jokers jet fuel gelato x white runs insane i saw a bunch of crazy phenos of that uh the the gassiest one was the 36 but there were other there were other ones that leaned more so runs or more so jet fuel that I like I, I liked individually on their own too. All absolute heat. Uh, Alien Rock Candy X Chem D, that was fire. Um, oh, do you, I don't know if you get to see it, but DEO Farms uh, out in Oakland is dropping heat right now. I saw their Bazooka uh, Bazooka Joe X O Z Kush Cross, that was ex- super exceptional. Um, a bunch of, van- a lot of vanilla notes. And then the Bazooka Joe is bubblegum X Thin Mint cookies. So a lot of, so much wow. going on there. Um, Medellin X Jet Food Gelato Dog. Come on. Oh, I saw three Finos of that. Uh, the one, the one Fino is like a gash and is gas, is gas and orange rinds. Uh, the 102 Fino is cherry Kool-Aid, limeade and fuel. And then the 122 Fino is pine cones, donut sugar, and piss. It's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, God. <laughs> a lot of people are hyped. Uh, high Society is one. 
out here that people are starting to get excited on. That's the uh, Jet Fuel Gelato X Biscotti. I saw a one, the 118 Fino with that smells like Fruit Loops and lemons. Uh, the 115 Fino is all gas. Um, insane, insane. God, I see so much heat race. Oh, the pastries. Or Oreos X Jet Fuel Gelato. Woo! That was exciting. A lot of Oreos getting around in California right now. A lot of Apple getting around in California right now. All about it. All about it. Get it out there. I don't get me wrong. I love the gas. I love the fruity gas. I just I I, I want to see more variation in the market because maybe uh, and another thing is because a bunch of people growing like midzy OGs, midzy things because they think this is what people want. Maybe if they experiment a little more, they they'll find a cut that they can figure out how to grow. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that brings us to another thing. You know, your your social media has you know some controversy to it. You definitely, uh, you know, one of those uh, what do they call them, meme lords? <laughs> you know, you, you you put out some memes, and uh, you definitely have some opinions. You know, we're both mass holes uh, at heart, and uh, I think you take that you know all the way in some cases, and I think that's amazing. Um, I don't get real though. I don't get a lot of people saying I'm a bullshitter though. Like if right. it's like if it, if I'm talking shit about it, it's usually just a communal. It's a community thought process that some people may not want to speak on. Like I'm my the, the shit. I'm very satisfied with all the shit lists I'm on at the moment. <laughs> so it's it's like this is like oh if this is the list of people that hate me, fantastic. <laughs> oh, <you know? laughs> oh, perfect, perfect. Well, what about concentrates? Uh, what's your favorite way to consume concentrates? Uh, you know, on the regular. If I were if I were like rich and not like a freelance journalist, I would have like I would have a you know a beach house and my my mothership uh, overlooking the water. Maybe a select. I'd probably have this if I had to guess. I'd have the dragon scale exosphere that dropped in 2018, February 2018. Uh, but you know maybe I'd have something slimer green. Who knows? Uh, nevertheless, uh, obvious. Like don't get me wrong, quartz quartz is king. I love it. I I, I love uh, the ship glass. I love uh, bluegrass bluegrass lamps. I love them. Uh, but for like the every, I think uh, the every man is moving on to the digital dab. Uh, I think the the further we move from the blowtorch, the easier it is going to be to normalize concentrates. Uh, and there's always going to be that hyper boutique crowd. I'm just saying, as like in the normalization process. I, I try and move away from the torch. So I've pretty much exclusively been using a Puffco since the original dropped. I've experimented with other things. Uh, they were like, and yes, maybe sometimes like things had a cool, ad, better atomizer, whatever. I found myself going back to the Puffco. And now here I am with the Pro, uh, Puffco Pro. And I don't see – it's a lot of the issues I had with the first one. I, I feel like all the boxes were checked. Like the build quality on the atomizer is a completely different level than it was the first time around. Uh, and I, it's cool to when I judge like an emerald cup or a cannabis cup to be able to s- take every dab at the exact same setting uh, as opposed to like the guesstimation of the torch and quartz and all that and give everybody the exact same shot. Like my plan like this, I was saying um, this year, it's a little weird because like sometimes these new THCA solvent lists, you need to go a little hotter. Uh, than like your standard live rosins and stuff like that. So this year, as opposed to last year, when I do my first pass through on all the solvent entries, solventless entries, I'm going to do uh, my first pass through at a lower temp, and then I'm going to raise it up uh, and try everything again at a hotter temp and try and uh, you know be as fair as possible. It's 
but I'm about it. I use a uh, so right now my my main setup is a Peak Pro with a Fit uh, recycler from the original uh, mod, not the new, not the old Fit recycler, not the new one with like the bendy ones with the, uh, the straight tube one. Nice, nice. Yes. <laughs> so uh, what's Woods with the Goods? What's that all about? Oh my goodness! So I didn't uh one day like my homie i hadn't rolled blunts in years years and like one day it was like my friend's 30th birthday party and um my my longtime partner she got sick so i was like oh i gotta i gotta stay home and take care of Susie. so i was like you know what i'm gonna teach myself to roll backwards today (laughs) so so i just went to the store like i'll take a pack of those uh this like taught myself to roll backwards like because i'd roll dutches back in the day um but it was funny because on like the east coast in boston in boston like everyone rolled like vegas or dutches and it was like backwards oh those are hard no (laughs) so it's like this like uh this fake uh mystique in my head going into it uh and then i like so that day you know you just got to be willing to lose 10 bucks like back then it was only like six uh so i was like yeah i could spend six bucks to try and teach myself to roll blunts again um and i just started rolling i just started smoking map once again (laughs) it was so it was so fun and here we are so woods with the goods is uh like a hashtag a uh you know yeah yeah thing that you do where you just smoke some smoke a blunt and uh chat with the people yeah, and it's just a, just a ha- just a fun hashtag to put on my random posts and whatnot, and it's blown up. We got the t-shirts going. We got <laughs> it's, nice. it's nuts. We did nice. the first edition. There was so the, the the demand got a little crazy on the first editions. I wish I had been a bit more responsible with it in uh, understanding the community's thirst for such products. Uh, but the second edition was with the goods t-shirts. They're gonna be lit. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect, and. Uh, what are your what do you think, you know, about uh the prospects for cannabis in the very near future? I mean I'm hyped, this- dog. I don't think my my most realistic theory is that the Democrats can't touch it first, but it's not gonna take long. Like they can't go into the Senate and just like do weed stuff first with the current state of America as they're trying to hold the as they're trying to keep the chamber door close at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. <laughs> but, but over the I, over the course of a, a little bit once they get settled people in, say people think- are saying people who are saying five years are, are talking in too long of a time frame after last night that's what i say right and you think that's that where the i'm more act and things are going to start passing why and- i was curious you know, i thought the more act just you know it's i think the more going to fly through i i just uh it's interesting how like all the chips have been laid on the more act now like maybe if say I was curious if they were going to like if this had happened if they might try and just get safe banking through because it'd be a little bit easier uh, just to bring it up and it's a, a lot more of a bipartisan softball than the more act but I'm down for all of it I think it's you know people hate on incremental progress man what have we wa- like what have we spent the last twenty years of our lives watching yeah incremental progress so well, we, yeah we wouldn't be anywhere without it and uh, it continues well how do people uh, keep keep in touch with you or keep track of what you're up to on social media, give out your, uh, your ads and your, Oh, for sure. Um, if you, I'm most active on Twitter and Instagram, uh, Jimmy divine at Jimmy divine on Twitter, uh, at That's the J I M I. Yes. Guys. Yes. Like Jimmy uh, Hendrix, Jimmy divine and, uh, very proud Irish th- name. Yeah. Right. Mixed out for sure. And <laughs> then, um, 
yeah, so the the Jimmy Divine on Instagram, uh, JimmyDivine.com. Uh, but I have, I, you know, I spend most of my time writing on the grind, dog, trying to find these cuts, trying to find that heat. Uh, I'm doing two two stories a week right now for LA Weekly, uh, at least, and then uh, popping off some other stuff on the side. Uh, just did some stuff with High Times, and then uh, I have a feature. I have a feature in um, Gromag. That drops in the my first piece with Gromag drops this week uh, in the next couple of weeks. So trying to spread my wings a little bit more in uh, 2021. Perfect. <laughs> well, hey man, I gotta say it's been uh, it's been an, a pleasure being you know a friend of yours and also you know a colleague and watching you, your your rise and uh, you know seeing you uh, do these amazing things with cannabis uh, both in policy. Uh, you know, in practice and even now as a critic, I wish you all the more success. If you got any kind of last words for, for our people, um, tell them, tell them what's what, you know, Yo, shout, shout out to everyone from Massachusetts is doing it in the game. It ain't just me, man. I was born in the same hospital as Mel Frank, yourself, uh, Addison founded steep hill. There's so many Dougie's out here crushing it. There's so many Massachusetts killers doing it. So shout out to all of them and shout out to everyone that gave me my shot. So I could be here talking to you about all this cool shit. Right on. Thanks, Jimmy. And thanks for coming on the show. Uh, keep on writing. Keep on informing us on great strains out there in the world. And just keep on shining, Jimmy. We love you. Oh, you're the best. I appreciate you guys so much. Thanks for your time. All right. And we will be back with more of Grow Bud Yourself after these messages. We want to thank you guys for listening. This episode of Grow Bud Yourself is sponsored by Sweet Leaf Plant Nutrients. That's S-U-I-T-E-L-E-A-F Plant Nutrients. Uh, the folks at Sweet Leaf have just released a new organic fertilizer line called Sweet Leaf Organic, complete with six bottles of liquid plant amendments and two bottles of dry crumble and powdered fertilizer. So please go check out Sweet Leaf. That's S-U-I-T-E. L-E-A-F plant nutrients at www.sweetleaf.com and use code DANKO15 for 15% off your entire order. Thank you, Sweetleaf. We're so happy to have you as a sponsor again, and the new product line is amazing. Don't forget to check them out. Sweetleaf.com, DANKO15 for 15% off. All right, welcome back. And this is the cultivation segment, I believe. Yeah, this is the uh, cultivation segment, and it is sponsored by Diamond Cut Co. Trimming Scissors. Uh, but uh, stick around. We're going to be talking a little more about them in a few minutes, including uh, giving away a promo code that will help you save some money on your next pair of trimming scissors. Indeed. But yes, we have safely reached the cultivation segment, and we appreciate uh, Jimmy Devine. Great interview. Absolutely. What a enthusiastic character. Enthusiastic gentleman. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Very, uh, very enthusiastic and a great dude. Great guy. You Massachusetts guys, you don't get cheated when it comes to the, uh, to the conversation. You get in there, man. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Yeah, we have a way. They call us mass holes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> An earned moniker. Absolutely. But yes, so uh, we are in the cultivation segment, and uh, our listeners know that each week, Dan likes to take on a topic that will ultimately help you become a better grower. So what would you like to discuss this week? This week, I would like to um, 
list out 10 gifts for beginner growers in your life. So if you have a beginner grower you'd like to give a gift to, um, this is a great gift list. A couple of weeks late on the, uh, <laughs> you know, the gift guide angle, but also, you know, if you just got your stimulus check and you got your 600 bucks or, you know, your 1200 bucks, um, you know, these are ways to upgrade your grow, uh, cheap ways, you know, not nothing on here that's too expensive, but just a ways to improve upon your cultivation experience or, uh, for a grower that, you know, that's getting started, uh, and could use a nice gift. And just so you guys know, aside from uh, sweet leaf diamond cut and my book, uh, none of these are paid advertisements. These are all just suggestions of things that I think uh, you guys will love and enjoy as growers or as gifts for growers. So um, we're going to start with uh, Diamond Cut Co. Trimming Scissors, who is actually a sponsor of the segment and makes an amazing product, uh, which are hand trimming scissors for cannabis. So uh, everybody knows hand trimmed cannabis is better than anything that's made in a machine or tumbled around and removes all the trichomes and everything. So, you know, you want to hand trim your cannabis, especially if you're a home grower, you listen to the show, you got to hand trim your cannabis and hand trimming uh, a good amount of cannabis can get tedious if you don't have uh, conscious ergonomic designs. So Diamond Cut Co, they make incredible scissors. We have a special code with them, Danko20 for 20% off your entire order. Uh, so check them out, diamondcutco.com, Danko20 for 20% off. They have a great deal where you can buy all five of their different scissors. That also comes with uh, some uh, some plant markers uh, to mark your plants. And uh, it's a great deal, and you get an additional 20% off with our code. And you can figure out which scissors you like the best and then order more of those using our code, which is great. Um, the second thing is fast green hand clean. A lot of times people are wondering, you know, what when they're trimming and their your hands just get covered with uh, sticky resins, it really can get to be a problem. And you can also clean your hands, but also scissors and dab tools, all kinds of different things. This is a product that's made in Humboldt County. Um, again, it's called Fast Green Hand Clean. It's a certified organic cleaner that will remove uh, concentrates, oil residues, resins, whatever, uh, from nearly anything. Um, so hands, uh, scissors, anywhere else you might get uh, resins on, tabletops. Uh, you just spray it, it's in a spray bottle, and uh, wipe it off to eliminate those stubborn waxes. And beginner growers will love this because it'll help them clean up a lot of their stuff. Uh, bottles are cheap, under 17 bucks for a four ounce. Check them out, Fast Green Hand Clean. Uh, great product out of Humboldt County. Um, next product is a food saver sealer. These things are great for food, but they're also great for cannabis, uh, for long-term storage, and for any kind of uh, you know shipping needs that you might have <laughs> with cannabis. I recommend storing your cannabis in glass jars that are also sealed inside uh, food saver sealers. And you can get these pretty cheap. Some of them use vacuum. I wouldn't vacuum unless you had something hard like a jar inside of it. So if you're just putting flowers in there, I wouldn't vacuum it. But if it's uh, for concentrates or jars of any kind, then you can use the vacuum to just put, pull all the air out. Um, but it just preserves freshness and uh, also removes the odor. 
which in many cases is pretty important to people. So uh, food savers, definitely a great gift. Um, next gift, I would say safer soaps. This is an organic uh, insect killing soap. It uses seaweed in- extract, so it's gentle on your plants. Uh, OMRI certified organic. Um, and just a great thing for regular IPM, which is uh, integrated pest management. Um, Safer has been around for years, decades, um, and they've always provided chemical-free ways to control and eliminate insects' populations, um, and even works on certain plant diseases. And it doesn't hurt the environment, uh, won't hurt your pets, uh, and so you know it's a safer alternative. So check them out, Safer Soaps. Uh, next thing I would say, Sweet Leaf Newts. Uh, Plant Nutrients, a great brand uh, with a great policy as far as how much newts you use. If you listen to the show often, you know they're a sponsor. They have a code, Danko15, off all their products. Uh, But they're very clean, and you don't need a lot of them. And uh, a great nutrient for people that are beginners because it's a simple system. So check them out, S-U-I-T-E-L-E-A-F.com, Sweet Leaf Newts. Next product is the Trim Bin Filter. These are uh, for trimmers as well. These go great with the the scissors. And it's a filter that basically sits on your lap. It's designed uh, to be comfortable and trim on top of, but it also has, uh, allows you to dry sift your trichome glands. So anything that falls onto what would normally just be a table when you were trimming actually falls onto a screen and is then screened Uh, so that you can later press that stuff into your own premium grade hash. So uh, just like the scissors, it's ergonomically designed to reduce stress, uh, but also a great way to keep everything in one place when you're trimming and also, you know, to separate the the trichome glands and, uh, you know, make it easier for you to make hash. So as you're trimming, you're also making hash. These are less than 50 bucks, less than 45 bucks uh, at trim bin filters. So check those out those are great uh everybody needs those next thing i would say uh method seven glasses these are glasses that were designed by uh, a friend of ours who's still since passed um who was a photographer for high times for many years and developed this particular technology uh based on the color balancing that he would have to do when he was uh, shooting photographs of cannabis under different styles of lighting. So just like you have to white balance and change the lighting settings on your camera, he created filters that he could put over the lens that would do that uh, even better. And then those filters basically became these incredible glasses from Method 7, uh, which now they have it for HPS, uh, high-pressure sodiums. They have them for halide. They have them for outdoors uh, in sunshine and LEDs. And they're just really the highest quality. There's been, you know, a lot of companies that have come out since with knockoffs, but the Method 7s are really the highest quality. Um, I wouldn't get the cheaper plastic grow glasses that have been entering the market. I think Method 7s really the most comfortable, most stylish, and has the proper lens that really will allow you to see the true colors of your plant's leaves. Um, So these glasses, they protect your eyes from the really bright light. So you're protecting yourself, but you're also getting a closer look at the leaves. So, you know, you can't tell sometimes if they're turning yellow, if you're under HPS, but with these glasses, you can. So Method 7 glasses are incredible and a great gift. 
Um, next, uh, TNB Naturals. They make an incredible CO2 uh, boosting dispersal canister. It uses natural, um, you know, not fermentation, but kind of like mushroom growing kind of activity to create carbon dioxide. It's perfect for a grow. You get about 60 days of CO2. So if you, you start this thing up on the first day or maybe after a week or so of flowering, um, you're going to get CO2 throughout that flowering period. It's so much easier than uh, purchasing tanks or generators. Um, and you really do boost your yield when you use CO2. And, you know, plants can handle a little bit of a hotter temperature when they have higher uh, amounts of CO2 as well. If you have issues with heat uh, going over 80 degrees, CO2 enhancement is one simple way to uh, allow your plants to handle a little bit of that extra heat. Um, basically, all you do is just add warm water into these uh, bottles, shake them up, and uh, they create enough CO2 for a full flowering period. And you can reuse the canisters with, new, with refill packs. So uh, a great gift for growers or for yourself if you're the grower. Um, now the 10th one, uh, this full disclosure, I wrote this book, but it is called Cannabis, A Beginner's Guide to Growing Marijuana. And it's my book. You can buy it on Amazon. If you want to get it for me directly, contact me. I'll sign it and send it to you. We've got Venmo, PayPal, and everything else. But it's a great way to get started. It's a beginner guide. Uh, I wrote it so that anyone could learn how to create their own cannabis. And I think that's important for everyone, whether it be your grandma, you, or a friend that you'd love to gift the book to. So that's my 10 gifts for growers. Um, use your stimulus checks wisely. Let them work for you. There you go. Yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, 10 gifts that will help you become a better grower. And in in, uh, in traditional stoner fashion, it's a couple weeks late, um, but... You know, as Dan mentioned, the stimulus money should be coming, or maybe you already have it. So yeah, maybe invest in your own garden, in yourself, or in a friend. So thank you for that. Excellent grow tip. And uh, our listeners also know that each week we like to take some questions and give some answers. Uh, so we're going to do a little cultivation Q&A now. And if you have a question that you would like answered on the show, get in touch with us. Uh, you could email us. That is info at growbudyourself.com. Uh, you could also go to our website. Uh, you can check us out on Patreon, on YouTube, all over the place. So what do you say we dive right in here? Let's do it. Let's take some questions. Excellent. Let's start out with uh, our buddy Hazy Jay-Z, who writes, What's up, Danny and Mike? Uh, thanks for doing the show and giving us something to look forward to each week. I have a question about sprayers. I keep hearing that you should use the correct sprayer depending upon what you're applying. Oh, that is where I get lost. Are there special sprayers for IPM and then different ones for feeding your leaves? I'm guessing that the sprayers you can get at the local hardware store aren't going to work. What what would you say there to Hazy Jay-Z? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely different types of sprayers. And, uh, you know, the amount of mist that you get out of them. Uh, and there's automatic ones for people who have large gardens that they need to spray. But if you're a home grower and you've got your tent or your or your box or your one room grow uh, hand sprayers are fine you know you can adjust to you know most of them you can adjust uh, to a fine mist if you need a fine mist or to a more sort of spread out uh, spray if you need that uh, and I think you know 
the getting bogged down in the minutia of all the different types of sprayers may get in the way of of just you know going ahead and and growing your plants and so for now i would say you know hand sprayers are fine get one that feels good that uh you know ergonomically fits into your hand well because you are going to be using it a lot and you know there's other ones people wear on their backs uh and there's ones you can pump up uh that you know you pump them and then they spray for a long period of time you don't have to do so much uh, hand action there uh so there are different options but i wouldn't get too crazy about it i mean uh, i would certainly keep different sprayers i would keep a different sprayer for uh you know, pest issues than I would for foliar feeding, for instance. I wouldn't want to mix those two up. You know, you want to keep those as separate sprayers right down on them. You know, this one's for, uh, you know, nutrient feeding or uh, foliar feeding. And this one is more for insects and pests. And typically you want those to be uh, less of a mist and more of a, a kind of a hard spray because you almost want to shoot some of the pests right off of your leaves with that spray whereas um the foliar feed the the smaller the 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 mist the better um in order to be absorbed through the stomata of the leaves so yeah just be sure to spray when you're spraying spray the underside of the leaves as well as the tops of the leaves and even the top of your uh medium your growing medium as well all right sounds good we hope that helps you out there hazy jay-z let's move on to charlie murphy who writes uh Growbud Yourself team, first off amazing show. I've been in the learning and planning stage since mid-quarantine, and your show has taught me the most. There are other great shows, but yours is numero uno in my book, so thanks for that. Uh, now to my question. A living in Prohibitionville makes a stealthy grow box what I'm leaning towards, uh, the stealth and safety being the biggest components in my decision. As not to mince words, there's a lot of crap out there. Do you recommend any? The Stealth Box, 100% not a product placement attempt, is at the top of my list currently, but all seem to have major flaws and are insanely vague about the details. The size constraint isn't a huge factor, as I'm only looking for a small personal grow, but uh, with it being such a big purchase, I want to make sure I get a top quality piece of equipment. Uh, any and all advice is much appreciated. Thanks for all your work. So uh, what would you recommend there to Charlie Murphy? <laughs> Uh, well, first off, great name, uh, rest yeah, in love peace, Charlie work. Murphy. Yeah, so grow boxes. I, you know, I gotta go with our on again, off again sponsors, BC Northern Lights. They're not a sponsor at the moment, but even so, even still, they make the best grow boxes on the market. Uh, definitely the Rolls Royce. Um, they have uh, touchscreen technology and all kinds of. Uh, bells and whistles and all the gadgetry you'd need everything's automated it really is you get what you pay for with them you know you get great customer service and you get uh, a great product so bc northern lights they have a number of different types of grow boxes but i would also say that you know you might want to consider a tent uh i also recommend tents for people that don't want to spend you know two three four thousand dollars on a box because a tent you can also get a kit um, it's light tight. It's not qu usually quite as automated as a box and certainly doesn't contain everything the way that a box does, but, uh, is m way more affordable, easy to set up, easy to receive, uh, as far as shipping and things like that go, uh, rather than something that comes on a pallet on a, on a big truck. So, 
Uh, there's benefits to both, and there's pros and cons, but I would say if you're going to go with a grow box, go with BC Northern Lights, and uh, if you're going to go with a tent, you know, consider that as a cheaper alternative if, uh, if you're not totally set on a box. All right, yeah, makes sense. Uh, it sounds a little, uh, you know overly serious but but we really do believe in the uh the products that uh, we have sponsored this show so even when they're not actually actively sponsoring we still do believe in uh in bc northern lights and appreciate their their products so there you go we hope that helps you out there charlie uh let's say we move on to chad who writes uh, hey guys you are the best Nice. Yes, we are the best. Thank you. You know, I had a suspicion that that was the case. Um, I have a crazy question here, hoping you can help. If you continue to top auto flowers, will they ever flower? Or if you uh, keep them short, will they never reach the time they change to flower? Um, or is it a specific number of days? Thanks for any help uh, working on Tangerine Dream Autoflower now. So wh what would you say to Chad? Yes, uh, I do not recommend topping autoflowers. Uh what happens is they get to a certain, it's not about a height, it's just about a certain age. So if you top them, you're actually going to diminish your, your ultimate results. Uh, you can't just keep them from flowering by topping them. They're eventually going to flower, they're just going to be less flower. So I do not recommend topping them. I recommend just keeping them under 18 hours of light, their entire growth cycle, and... Uh, if you are going to top them, do it very, very early, you know, in the first, after the first week or two of growth. Uh, and again, it's not going to stop it from flowering. It's going to flower when it decides to flower, which is not based on photo period, but by the age of the plant, not the height of the plant. Um, so different ones will do it at a different time, at a different, you know, time, but it's not uh, regulated by the height. It's regulated by how long the plant has been alive. So um, to answer your question, don't top autos. It won't stop them from flowering, and it'll actually diminish your yield. All right. Very good. I uh, hope that helps you out there, Chad. Let's uh, let's hop over to Facebook here. Uh, not your grandparents' garden, right? Hey, Danny Mike, thanks for hosting a great podcast. Uh, I'm growing outside in a greenhouse, uh, and I start my seeds about 8 to 10 inside. My question is, will a four-bulb fluorescent fixture be sufficient to start the seedlings until they're ready to go outside? Or should I invest in a more powerful LED light? Uh, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I mean, the four-bulb uh, fluorescent should be enough to keep your plants alive. And, and, and also, you know, they should th be thriving during that early vegetative stage. Uh, if you have the money to invest in, in, a, in a bigger light, it doesn't hurt. Just be aware that when you put the plants out after being under the fluorescent and then you put them outside, you really need to acclimate them over a period of time to full sun. So you may want to put them out for you know a few hours in the shade, uh, then a few more hours, then a few more hours, and really just get them acclimated because the young plants in particular from a environment underneath like fluorescence and then put them suddenly into full sun, they just burn up and die. Uh, and or shrivel up or or droop, they really get affected by the full sun. So, if you can use, uh, if you can do it over time, and you can kind of bring them in and out, that would be my recommendation. And I would say that even under LEDs as well. I think, you know, anytime you bring indoor plants outside, you should do it over a period of time and not 
just throw them out at the mercy of the hot sun. All right, very good. Um, okay, we have time for one more. So let's go to SMG, who writes, Hi, Grow Bud Yourself team. I had a great outdoor gorilla season in the northern hemisphere last year and grew plenty of ripe sun-grown buds. Uh, the buds were machine trimmed as I had a lot of material to get through. In the drying process, some of the buds turned brown. What would the likely cause of this be? Thanks again to the most influential cannabis podcast online at present. Uh, what? what would you say there to SMG? Well, I would say thank you for the compliments. Uh, I would also say it could be a number of factors that turned your, your plants brown. It could have been, uh, you know, a, sort of a mold or a bud rot that got in there uh, late in the growing stages, in the flowering, uh, that expressed itself during the drying process. It could be that there's too much light in your drying area and it's degrading the 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 flower, the THC, um, and turning the plant brown. Uh, or it could just be uh, that the moisture is not being pulled out quick enough. Basically, the plant um, tends to some, somewhat brown up from a bright green as it dries. But if it's a, a brown that's not like a you know, a pleasant looking slight browning that you'd see as a plant uh, releases chlorophyll and becomes, you know, more cured, you know, cured bud is browner slightly than bright green uh, bud that you just harvested, but it shouldn't be brown as in, you know, brown, like moldy brown or, or swaggy brown. So if that's the case, it really, it could be, uh, mold or bud rot in which case that's a really big problem it could be uh that you dried it under light you know this is what happens in places like jamaica where they dry their plants in the sun uh or Colombia. you know they dry it in the sun and it gets a, a much lighter color to it but it's also degrading the potency level when you do that and and it's turning that thc into cbn and making it more of a narcotic smoke and actually taking away some of the potency for sure so um, those are the factors that could be turning your buds brown as they dry. All right. Very good. Uh, thank you to SMG. Thanks to everybody who wrote in. Thank you to you, Dan, for answering grow questions while democracy crumbles all around us and we sink further into the dystopian future that we all feared. <laughs> no problem. You know, I think uh, growing your own was going to be a great way to uh, keep the, you know, hordes at bay and... <laughs> you know in the new future you know i think hash will be more valuable than than gold you know so if yeah. you can stock away and put away some bars of hash i think that'll be the currency in uh you know the apocalyptic times yeah in case anyone's curious we're recording this segment uh wednesday uh you know around five uh o'clock eastern time anyway um, so thanks again. If anyone has a question they'd like answered on this show, uh, get in touch with us. That is info at growbudyourself.com. What do you say we take a little break, come back, and wrap this sucker up? Let's do it. All right. So I guess uh, we are back, and this is the wrap. Time to wrap it up. Brr, stick them. Ha, ha, ha. Stick them. <laughs> never gets old <laughs> i always want to rap during the rap anyway <laughs> episode 36 has been brought to you by excelsior extracts diamond cut co trimming scissors 
uh, sweet leaf nutrients. Check out our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Danny Danko. Uh, I want to thank vapor.com uh, with their affiliate program code GBY for 15% off of anything you want at vapor.com. And Excelsior Extracts, as always, the pain relief rub is amazing. Jimmy Divine, how'd you guys like Jimmy? He's a fun guy, right? <laughs> Good egg. Good kid. <laughs> and uh, yeah, 36. Mike, uh, what do you think? Uh, I think we're done, man. All right, let's put it in the books. <laughs> oh, wow. Ha, 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 ha.